Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. All right, welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us here on this wonderful, wonderful Wednesday. And, uh, yeah, we're live until 2 p.m., of course. We have a new time live until 2 p.m. So give us a call if you'd love to participate in the show. Give us a call, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Uh, and, you know, I want to get to a couple different issues today. Like one one that's actually impacting me uh, personally, like impacting my family personally. And, and you may have seen a whole bunch of different news stories about this uh, recently uh, about the formula shortage. Right. So right now there is a massive undersupply of baby formula throughout the United States. It's not a localized thing. You know, if you go into the stores, you'll see, you know, you you walk into a random, you know, Target, Walmart, Wegmans. You'll see that a a lot of times the normal well-stocked shelves of formula isn't isn't always there. And so for many families who are going in and this is you know the option to feed their kids uh, it's it's not available, which is a terrifying thing for a parent. Again, if, if this is like your sole way of being able to feed your child, it's terrifying to think, what if I walk into the store next week and there isn't food for my kid there? Now, we're going to go into to what caused this, you know, how severe the the shortage is, and then what the government could do to fix this right away but they probably won't, you know, because, well, for, for a lot of reasons. But, you know, protectionism for, you know, an over overemphasis on safety, any number of things that get in the way of sensible policy here. So, again, give us a call if you, especially if you're a parent uh, with, with, you know, an infant and a young child, uh, give us a call, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. And, you know, I, I'm, but before I get too into the policy stuff, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to throw something out there because I see this in a lot of the comment sections on Twitter and on Facebook and stuff like that where a lot of folks are like, oh, well, you know, we don't need formula. We, humans haven't had formula for most of history, blah, blah, blah. Listen, listen most of the folks making that comment either – aren't parents or haven't been parents for a while um, because sometimes there's just a reason that you need to use formula for your kids, right? Like it's, you know, there, there might be a medical issue with the mom where the mom can't produce breast milk. There may be a medical issue with the baby where the baby can't consume breast milk for one reason or another. There's, there's other things too. Again, pumping and doing all sorts of other stuff, it's, it can be a difficult thing. But, you know, it, like this – the formula shortage has been especially hard on families who, you know, whose whose kids need a specialty formula. Like they, they need, you know, like a, a, a dairy-free version or they a hypoallergenic version, things like that. Those ones are short. Um, that there is there's a lack of resources for for those specialty formulas that they they really can't get anywhere else. 
Um, and you need those for, again, for feeding your kid. And, and you know, I, I, I say this again as, as someone whose, whose kid consumes formula. He, he's a little bit older. You know, he's weaning off. Like, we can we're, – we're not so dependent on this that, like, there, there's an alternatives, you know, with my kid being the age that he is. But he does still consume formula as a significant amount of his calories because, well, he was breastfed for a while. But, you know, we discovered that, you know, he would consume more calories when we gave him formula. And he's very, very small. He's a small kid. He's in, like, the first percentile. So, like, him – not gaining weight is a big deal, and formula was a better way for him to be able to gain weight and try to catch up with with his, you know, with his peers. So like that's th- this is a thing that that affects me personally. This is something that you know my son is still consuming quite a bit of formula, and we've been able to find you know, some of this formula uh, either online or we've gotten lucky in stores. But a lot of the other families can't, they haven't been able to, and so. You know, again, I say say all this to say, like, don't don't presume anything about anyone's like personal situation. Sometimes they they have reasons for doing this, either for a medical reason or for another reason why why they they either chose or need to use baby formula. So don't weigh in with the oh, just make it yourself, blah blah blah. Like, no, it that it doesn't really work that way. Or oh, just why, why can't you just go back to breastfeeding? No, it doesn't work that way either. Again, for some families, that's not possible. It's not a thing that they can just do. And for many families, it is, and that's great, you know, and again, that's how my family was for a while, but then we had a medical and, you know, a, a reason to switch over to, to formulas. That's what my son would eat more of, and that's how he would keep his weight up, all right? So so just just cool it if you're, you're not in this situation, and try to have some empathy for the parents who, who are. And again, I, I feel especially bad for folks who, you know, like we've been able to find some of it online, but for folks who are, you know, using like... Wick and things like that. A lot of times, you have to go into the store physically, and you may show up to a store, and then suddenly the the formula that your kid consumes just ain't there. It's just gone, and now you know maybe you've wasted a, a bus trip to get out to the store, and it's just not there. And for so I I I feel it personally with with uh, with, with many of the parents who are like, all right, well, my kid's dependent on this. And this is how they're getting their calories. And again, if it, you have, especially if you have young infants, it's even you know more serious. You can't just say, "Well, guess we're going to push through with you know eating solid foods." Okay, you know that's that's an option for older kids, but for younger kids, it's not. You know that's that's the only option you have. Where is your kid's next meal going to come from? And again, it's it's not not an easy thing, not a cheap thing to to, to do anyway. You know to, to to use anyway, and then. To just not know, it's not even a money issue or an access issue. It's it's uh, this stuff is not available. It is alarming, right? And so so let's let's talk about like the the whys a little bit, right? Like why <coughs> is this formula shortage happening? Um, and, and part of it is there's a a single plant that was producing a significant amount of the formula uh, for the United States, like most. You know, most of the uh, the formula consumed in the United States is uh, produced by, like, just a handful of manufacturing facilities. And so one is uh, Abbott, um, and they make a whole bunch of different brands. Again, they might have been responsible for something like 40% of the American supply, like a single plant out in, like, Michigan or whatever. But back in February, there were there were a handful of kids who died from contamination from those uh, from that formula. And... And they were, uh, 
the heck are you talking about, Facebook user? Uh, and, and and so uh, they they were shut down because of that, um, and and they're trying to get back up and get back running because of. Uh, the contamination that ended up killing some kids, and they, they, when the FDA went through and inspected, they found a different set of bacteria in there too. So they're trying to figure out what's going on. But it sounds like we have a uh, a caller on the line, Joe from Allegheny. Joe, what's going on? How is it possible in this state that used to be the number three dairy producer, and it's probably down to a number eleven because the government has regulated them out of business? How is it possible that you're having trouble finding baby formula? Because it's only produced in a handful of places. That's why it's, it, it's all got concentrated. Well, I don't know. I, 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 I mean, I think there used to be because Tim said he used to work for Tim Tim O'Connor, the one of the the hosts on the show, said he used to work for one. But but most of it's been concentrated in a handful of factories, and it's it's very difficult to get through the FDA regulations to produce this stuff. So part of it's a, right. a regulatory thing and, and both from a New York state and from a federal perspective to be able to produce stuff that complies with government regulations that they can then, you know, give the kids. There used to be a Gerber plant right there in Rochester on route 33 too. Yeah. There's a bunch yeah. of stuff. And again, you know, it's, it's part of that, uh, you know, overall decline in industry in the United States too. And that, by concentrating so much in so few places, like we're no longer resilient. When when something goes wrong in one plant and it impacts forty percent of the supply of a single good that so many people are dependent upon across the entire nation, it's not healthy. Like but we can't building a brand new half a billion dollar cheese factory in Franklinville right now. Cheese factory, huh? Well, yep. I mean that that that's what's interesting. That's great. Uh, you know, like again, I, I would. In Cuba. What's that? They're going to close the old one in Cuba. Oh, they're just—it's one of those. They're moving it over. Are they getting tax yep. subsidies for this too? They probably are. Oh, you betcha. That's <laughs> that's what always ends up happening. Okay, so we're going to move from one county to another, and you know, get <laughs> a few million dollars in tax subsidies to create net zero jobs half the time. Uh, so, so I don't know what whole, this situation is, but there's a whole cheese factory that's going to go unused. They're going to, probably going to tear it down. It could be turned over to a, a formula factory. I mean, some enterprising entrepreneur should get out there and do that stuff again. I don't have the wherewithal to do that, but but someone should again. There's there's clearly a need for it. There's clearly a need to have some you know redundancy and resilience in the formula manufacturing supply here That's in the United right. States. There's, there's a great opportunity for you. You know, a, a facility that already you know can process dairy, which is you know the main thing in formula production, and you just find a way to do it safely, get all the ingredients. Hey, why not? There's, there's an there's opportunity. The hey, yeah, until until, until the state. I mean, it's it's going to take you know however many years to get through it, but uh, yeah. and then the government may not let you anyway. But yep. uh, we're heading to break. Thanks, thanks for the call, Joe. Appreciate that. You're welcome. Uh, thanks again for joining us here on a free solution. Again, if you want to call in like Joe, give us a call five eight five three four six three thousand. That's five eight five three four six three thousand. We're gonna be back in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon.
Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe and secure. Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovations should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. Oh, those injury attorney ads. Hurt on your couch? Call 555-OUCH. It's kind of cute watching that injury attorney buying breakfast for a crash test dummy, but while fun is fun, there's nothing amusing about getting your life back together after a personal injury or a motorcycle accident or when you need defense for a DWI charge. Christopher Johnson takes your case seriously, and you'll feel like you're his only client because when you meet with him, your case gets 100% of his attention. So instead of cute singing jingles and magic phone numbers... Fall out of a tree? Call 33333. Write this number down and keep it with you. 585-415-3803. 415-3803. After all, Christopher Johnson knows you're no dummy. Get individual attention and integrity, experience, and expertise. Put the power of one on your legal team. 415-3803. Stay safe, be healthy, drive sober. Christopher Johnson, attorney, personal injury, car or motorcycle accidents, DWI defense. As a veteran of the United States military, I can finally get the opportunity to enjoy special events, things that we couldn't afford, thanks to VetTix. Every empty seat at a concert, a game, or a play is a missed opportunity to say thanks to a veteran and service member. We can give our veterans a special event where they, too, can create their own cherished memories. Visit VetTix.org. Find out how you can make a difference in a veteran's life. Available in the WYSL store at WYSL1040.com. Official top quality tees, hoodies, and coffee mugs depicting the colorful WYSL logo or the already famous Mount Worstmore line of merch depicting Mount Rushmore style are for worst presidents. Of course, you know who is front and center up on that mountain. WYSL official items make perfect gifts, or they're a great way for you to make a personal statement. Locally produced and sold only in the WYSL store at WYSL1040.com. A free solution. All right. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson. Your today. Thanks again for joining us. You can rely here on WISL until 2 p.m. Give us a call if you want to participate in the show. 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. We're talking about the big formula shortage right now. And, uh, you know, uh, appreciate the, the call in from, from Joe uh, talking about... Uh, some of the other stuff going on, you know, the factory shutting down, and uh, you know, uh, it, I'll get to some comments online too. This Facebook, you know, user says, like, you know, why is there only one uh, baby formula factory to make these special products? And I, again, that's a fair question. You know, when you have these like supply chain um, that are wholly dependent on a, a single point of potential failure, that uh, that that can be a big deal, right? Like again, if you have one 
one factory that goes down, especially, you know, thinking about this in the age of COVID, right? One, one plant has an outbreak, suddenly you can't operate anymore and you have this, you know, good that is so essential for so many people, that could be a big deal. So when you have these, you know, supply chain, you know, focal points, it, it does create some efficiencies to have everything in one place. These are sometimes corporate decisions, sometimes driven by government policy, and that's, you know, what we need to sort out here. Uh, but you know, why was it all in one place? And, you know, uh, the Facebook user also commented and said, you know, centralized factories are supply chain weakness. You know, it's, again, that's, that's, that's totally fair. And, and you know, with... I, I'm going to talk about the government policy stuff, but I want to let Abbott off the hook here. Again, they, they, they really did, you know, have potentially some some kids get sick from this. You know, again, the the FDA hasn't quite proven that it did 100% come from that uh, a mistake at that factory, but it does seem like some kids may have gotten sick from their formula. That's why there's the recall. You know, and again, kids kids who are really young, it's it's so tough. Like, again, if, if you're not a parent, like, it is alarming how fragile little babies are and just, like, a little bit of bacteria that, like, wouldn't be a big deal to us adults, like, but a little bit can can really, really make, you know, your child sick. It's terrifying. And so, you know, we have to trust that, like, wherever we're getting this stuff, you know, if you're getting formula, if that's what you, you need, that's what you depend on, then like you need to trust that that is not going to make your, your child ill. And, and this plan apparently did have, you know, some, some other, you know, safety practices that they weren't following. Well, again, I'm, I'm a big critic of the FDA and like the, the kind of overregulation, jumping through hoops, just showing compliance type of stuff. But at the same time, again, for a product like, like this, like you, you do want to make sure that, it is right, it is safe, and that companies who are either reckless or negligible in or uh, negligent excuse me in uh, producing their product in a way that hurts people are held accountable again either through the civil court system or you know less ideally through the state, and that these things are prevented in the first place um, so so yeah Abbott's not off the hook for this they're you know. Definitely need to know what's going on there. Uh, hopefully, too, like what's interesting about the plant thing is the specialty stuff might get turned on a little bit sooner. The, there's a problem with like the FDA doesn't want to let them producing produce all the other stuff, uh, as I understand it, um, right away until they, they get to the bottom of what actually happened. Um, but there are a couple things, you know, from a federal policy level that we could do to make it easier for parents to be able to to find alternatives to this, right? Most of the formula consumed in the United States is produced in the United States. But that does not mean that there aren't other countries producing stuff that is also perfectly safe. Uh, Germany... Netherlands, Canada, they all produce baby formula in these places. But you can't find that in the United States. The reason why is, A, tariffs. They put a massive tariff on uh, imported formula. And B, uh, the FDA. They uh, come up with arbitrary reasons to not allow the import of formula. Uh, So the tariff rate for European infant formula is 17.5%. Just massive. Makes things way, way more expensive. And and if you're you're familiar, again, if you're, you're a parent and you've had to buy formula, it's already like 
ridiculously expensive to buy this stuff. Like a week's worth will cost you, you know, 40, 50 bucks easy, probably more depending on, you know, how much your child is consuming. But it, it adds up super quick. Now imagine adding 17.5% cost to that. Now, the other factor in this, again, is the the FDA saying, well, you know, uh, we would import this stuff, but it doesn't show the uh, the amount of iron in this formula in the way that we want. It shows it, just not in the way that we want. So we're going to, you know, shut this stuff down. And, and even when there's uh, the ability to be able to comply with this stuff, being able to import it, being able to have the FDA fast track uh, shipments of this stuff coming through, it takes a while. The, the, the bureaucracy that exists, again, they, they they justify it in the name of safety, but a lot of times these don't these regulations don't have anything to do with safety. They they have to do with merely complying with the rules that exist. And wouldn't it be better if parents were able to buy European formula in stores than to have to wait for maybe the next shipment to come in that store, check another day, you have to use you know, another bus trip, car trip, whatever, to go physically into the store to check, well, is there going to be formula this morning? Am I going to be able to feed my kid this week? Wouldn't it be better if there were market alternatives on the shelf right now? The barrier to that isn't that these companies don't want to sell to the United States. The barrier to that is tariffs and the FDA. So this is something that the Biden administration could do something about immediately, Absolutely immediately. And, uh, you know, face the, this Facebook user says, you know, lobbyists ask for these regulations to stifle free market competition. Absolutely. That's exactly what happens is that – and, again, it's, it's these formula companies themselves too. And, well, it's, it's A, the formula companies, you know, who are like, well, we want to protect what we have. And, B, it's – it's is – and I know this, some folks are going to disagree with me here. But, like, it's, it's folks who are like, well, we need to have – strong domestic manufacturing so we need these protectionist policies in place to make sure that we can have enough factories in the US and you know not have them face competition from Europe or Canada that's just what it is is protectionist policies things that are championed both by the Trump administration and by the Biden administration now in order to protect american manufacturing interests We've now made it harder for parents to be able to find alternatives in the market for baby formula when something goes wrong with one of those with one of those factories. That's that's what we have here. This is a a, a deliberate policy choice, maybe well intentioned again to to protect American manufacturing. I get the 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 good intention of that in some cases, but what we actually end up with when something goes wrong is parents not being able to find the goods and services that they need. And you can apply this to any other things. You can apply it to, to appliances. We can apply it to any number of other things that um, – uh, any goods and services that, that we want to consume here. And, and also I, I, I only kind of touched on the Canada thing. Apparently like Canada uh, as part of the, the new uh, North American free trade agreement type of thing that the, the Trump administration had negotiated, uh, they uh, – they're not supposed to import or export formula to the United States. Uh, that's again, that's that's part of a, the you know trade agreement that that we made. Is there's there's no reason for it other than protectionism. The the USMCA, it's it's just to protect 
the existing interests of uh, the you know American formula manufacturers. That's that's it. It's not it's not to protect our interests. It's to to protect the interest of uh, of the existing incumbent industry, and and now that's that's hurting us again. I know some folks are like, oh, you know, why would we import, you know, a formula from anywhere? Are we importing it from China? Blah blah blah. No, again, this is this is Canada and Europe. This isn't uh, China-made formula. Uh, although you can get plenty of uh, baby food that's manufactured in China. It's surprised me uh, the, the little teething wafers that you can get. A lot of them are made in China, and I, I was like, oh, interesting. I, I didn't realize that before I, I bought it. Um, and I don't know. They again, we we. We have the ability to fix this problem right now. The Biden administration may not have caused this problem. They may not have originated with them, but they can fix it right now. Why won't they do that? Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. Uh, we're going to be back in just a few minutes. Give us a call if you want to participate in the show, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Talk to you in just a few. Millions of voters say we need third-party options in elections. Larry Sharp is running for governor of New York again in 2022. Meet Larry Sharp at Nashville's in Henrietta on May 20th, 5 to 8 p.m. Bring everyone. We need 45,000 signatures from New York registered voters from any political party in May just to be on the voter ballots this November. Learn more about Larry's solutions and help get signatures today. More info at LarrySharp.com. Sharp with an E. Larry Sharp for governor. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. Thanks again for joining us. We're live here on WYSL until 2 p.m. Give us a call if you want to participate in the show. 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Now talking about the formula sh- shortage. You know, trade protectionism and whatnot, too. How that leads into that. And, you know... Tim O'Connor posting on Facebook as jokes says, Kevin, those companies bought and paid for that legislation and regulation. Should politicians simply renege on those deals? Yes, 100% they should. And now, uh, for real though, like that's, uh, you know, when, when something isn't serving the interests of the American people, yeah, you know, and I, I, don't, I don't care if it serves the narrow interest of like the manufacturing facilities in the United States uh, or any particular set of companies. Um, and you know they can talk about jobs all they want if they're doing something that's going to hurt the rest of us. Yeah, one hundred percent. We should change the policy. Um, and and again, that's generally how, how I feel about the uh, about about some of the trade protectionism that, that that goes on generally. Like again, it's it's short sighted. It's too narrowly focused on being able to keep a set of American jobs here, even if the companies themselves aren't innovating and creating resilient supply chains in a way that is going to best serve their consumers and the American people generally. And by not allowing 
foreign competition or any type of competition to be able to get through, that hurts us. And that's that's what we see in this situation. We see, you know, that trade protectionism worked the way it was intended. The entire American market was cornered by American manufacturers. They put too many of their eggs in one basket, and when something's going wrong and the FDA is trying to figure out what's going on, better or worse, then suddenly we have no other options. And again, this is for something that's essential. If it's something for that's a consumer good that's less essential, like less of a big deal. And I, you know, I understand the desire to want to onshore more American manufacturing to, to get more production happening here, to not be wholly dependent on global supply chains for stuff. But you need to have a balance between the two, right? It, it's a, it's a matter of not just everything is here or everything is made overseas, it's, it's both. So that when something goes wrong, either with an overseas manufacturer who suddenly their government gets hostile to us or there's a, a, an issue over there, right? You know, like with China, it's, it, you can end up getting both in terms of manufacturing and industry generally. You could have a situation where the government just decides, uh, of China just decides, nope, we're not sending that thing anymore. They could do that at any time. Or something can go wrong like their COVID lockdowns. They've decided in places like Shanghai and now Beijing, they're going to lock down the whole cities. Well, any manufacturing that's going on in those places suddenly is grinding to a halt. And if any American suppliers or American you know, companies are dependent on supplies coming from factories that are getting shut down, that's going to have ripples throughout the supply chain. So having a supply chain that's resilient where you have domestic sources for different goods and services that might be able to scale up in certain instances and uh, other international sources for you know different goods that's that resilience in the supply chain is what makes our country stronger again I, i'm i'm a big proponent of, of global trade for that reason because again if you have everything in the united states and it's too concentrated and something goes wrong either with american policy that makes it difficult or expensive to produce a particular good or something goes wrong like this where there's a safety concern that happens and suddenly you're left without a, a, a supply of, uh, of, of a, a vital product. What is the alternative? What is the quick way to, for the market to be able to respond? Because what I'd imagine, right, is that even without these tariffs, even without these protectionist measures, that most Americans would continue to consume American-made uh, formula. That's probably what they would trust more. They would want it to come, you know, like either from a patriotic perspective or a perceived safety perspective. There are different things that people would be uh, that would make them probably want to continue consuming those products anyway. But now we don't have that alternative. There is no, you know, uh, slack in the system when something goes wrong. It sounds like we have a call on the line, though. John from Rochester. John, what's on your mind? Hey, hey Kevin. You know, I got to tell you, I, uh, I'm, I'm very concerned about these supply shortages. I think the thing that concerns me the most is it seems to me that when you get go into a... Uh, socialist or communist country, you have shortages of all types of supplies. And our, our government, slowly over a period of uh, decades, we're becoming more socialistic. Uh, and I think it doesn't look good for the future in, in regards to uh, 
the capitalistic system going and uh, the means of production and having a lot of choice. Uh, it, it really concerns me. Another, another thing, uh, just, just uh, this, this is sort of an anomaly, but uh, in the last uh, five years I've, I've bought uh, three briefcases from, uh, they were Samsonite briefcases made in China, and they all broke. <laughs> I just had one break, break on me about a month ago. Uh, the quality of some of the uh, consumer goods coming out of China is terrible. I, I have a radio, uh, <clears throat> a uh, fairly large uh, portable radio, and uh, that that was made in China. And the stations change by themselves. <laughs> Wild. It's I mean, you, sometimes you get what you pay for, right? Like you, you, you find this stuff, like um, if you've ever bought, uh, like weird stuff off a of wish, and you're like, okay, this is super cheap, but what am I actually getting here? Yeah, but it's well, the whole thing. Paying for it. I question, I question the quality of goods and services that come out of China. Yeah, they're cheaper, but in, in, when I used to buy briefcases going back thirty or forty or fifty years ago, uh, they lasted a long time. And for the most part, they were American-made uh, products. And uh, I just think maybe we should think about, and I, I know we are, of uh, ma- manufacturing more goods in the United States at a higher price but more durable. But, makes- well, like you, the consumer, needs to, to make those choices too, like the people listening, right? Like, for instance, you know, like I, I pay a little bit more for, like, nice, nice leather shoes made in the United States. I've had those shoes for 10 years now. I get them resold every couple of years. You know, it's, it's worth being able to make that investment. Now, I, when I buy my cheap $10 shoes from Walmart that are made in China, how they last, like, three months. You know, and I, I know that's what I'm going to get, and, and I'm going to feel terrible about it the whole time. And I get why people make some of those choices in the short term, like, oh, it's cheap, I can't afford this nice stuff. But, like, you, the American consumer out there, need to, like, make those choices to, like, not buy the cheap stuff from China. Maybe buy, you know, the, the well-manufactured good from a, a small business. Uh, well, what, when I, you know, I'm, back in the uh, late 50s when I was growing up, early 60s when I was growing up, the joke back then was if a product was made in Japan – it had no, there was no quality in that product. And similar to what we see now with Chinese uh, manufactured goods, uh, it's a concern. But the, my bigger concern is really the socialistic uh, tendencies our country's going toward uh, year to year, day, day by day. And I think that's the danger of real supply shortages in the long run, where uh, these communist countries and uh, Russia, before uh, when it was the Soviet Union, uh, they had a real problem with uh, enough supply of goods and services, and Venezuela, some Cuba, etc. And it's definitely going that way. Yeah, I mean, well, you can see some of that, right? And again, it's it's a matter of digging in the policies. Like, I know not everyone agrees with that, but I think protectionist policies, like, are, are part of that. Like, they they make our supply chains less resilient. Like, it's. It's it's a short-sighted thing to give all these benefits to a small number of corporations, even if they're promising to preserve American jobs. If it makes it harder for people to have alternatives, that ends up being dangerous, and we end up with supply shortages like what we're seeing now. Well, I, I agree with you on the, on the tariffs. Uh, I think sometimes tariffs are needed, but uh, 
I think that's really <clears throat> not the problem. I think the, the problem is just with the Biden administration as an example, the way I look at it, the more allocation of uh, resources that are taken in by the government and distributed by the government, that's taken out of the private sector. It's got to yeah. be reversed because the private sector really is going to operate more efficiently, obviously being regulated by government. Uh, but that's the key to turning this economy around and creating uh, supp enough supply of goods and services. The problem really is the resources that we have in this country are being usurped by, by government. And yeah. taken out of the private sector, and that's that's the problem right there. It's, it's it's taking those resources, and then even with the resources you have left, are you able to go and build? You know, get a factory going, get a business going to offer that alternative in the regulatory environment that we have. And a lot of times, it's it's no, it's it's takes too long, it's too expensive, given the policies that government has chosen to implement. Yeah, it's really a sim it's really a simple solution. It's a basic economics. It's unbelievable. You, you, you shift from inefficient uh, part of our society, that being the government, into the private sector, which everybody knows it's been, it succeeded in the past. Reagan, I think, in, in our lifetimes, Reagan started uh, the supply-side supply economics, and it was very successful, and we've gotten away from it. Yeah, well, John... Always appreciate the call. Thank you for weighing in on, on this and other issues. Uh, give us a call, folks, if you want to participate in the conversation as well. 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. We'll be back with more here on A Free Solution in just a few minutes. WISL store is now open with nicer weather. Your car needs an official Voice of Liberty bumper sticker. There's a great selection to help you show your love of God, the Constitution, and free and safe schools. Here are just a few available. Shut up, Fauci. Kathy Holcomb. Save America. Support the Second Amendment. Scam alert January 6th. God, please help us. Close the Mexican border. Save America. Stop voting for Democrats. And there are gas pump stickers reading Democrats did this. These are standard weather-resistant bumper stickers Guaranteed to get you horn honks and thumbs up in traffic. Choose from other locally made WISL Voice of Liberty merch too, like tees, hoodies, drinkware, and more. Perfect gifts for any Liberty lover. Check out the exclusive WISL Mount Worstmore shirts, hoodies, and coffee mugs depicting our four worst presidents. Guess who's front and center? Shop the WISL store at WISL1040.com. Why do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website there. 
they're hands-on and love helping customers achieve their goals. But don't take my word for it. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. If your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals, give the professionals at Simple Tech Innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. There's a place in the village of Avon you and your critters will love. Whether they're big or small, whether they've got hair, fur, or feathers, Avon Feed fits every need. There's a full selection of pet foods, bird feeders, and wild bird food, plus garden tools, quality grass seed, and a great selection of dry-shod boots. Buy 10 bags of quality wild bird food. Get the next bag free. Choose farm feeds and great equine products from Poland Grains. Find everything for your pet from feeding bowls to toys, leads, collars, beds, crates, and tie-outs. Avon Feed and Supply has with a big pet chain stores will never have tim cole and his great knowledgeable staff choose from premium local products like firefly dairy goat soaps and lotions while you're at avon feed don't forget your two-legged pets with river at thousand island cheese and great flavors including the new 12 year old cheddar plus chef james bourbon meat sauce once again nut butters and nunday mustards open weekdays nine to six saturday nine to four avon feed and supply west main street at the bottom of the hill just west of the circle a free solution. All right. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today. Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. Give us a call. We're live here until 2 p.m. 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Uh, if you want to weigh in on the conversation. Again, we're talking about the formula storage. We're talking about protectionism. Um, you know, and in the policies that make life harder for consumers, right? Again, it's it's that that short term thinking, that 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 short term political win that people think of um, it, that politicians want to achieve, right? Again, it, it feels good, you know. Again, I'm I'm protecting jobs, I'm protecting you know stuff here. Uh, I'm I'm making it so that like we aren't subject to foreign competition okay great you know again that feels like a, a nice win in the short term but in the long term you know we end up with with situations like this and again it's not just uh you know um formula shortages it's all sorts of stuff that we're seeing and you know to to the last caller's point too you know we we are seeing you know supply chain issues all over and in and, and I know folks have called in and they've said, like, well, you know, the, the, the key to that is to, to get more manufacturing here because, like, we're depending on stuff from China. Like, I, I agree about diversifying, right? Like, we shouldn't be wholly dependent on manufactured goods from any single country. Uh, and, and in many ways, we, we aren't. I mean, we, we are perhaps a little too dependent on, on China. But it, companies are starting to recognize the liability of of doing so when the Chinese government can make a decision that can threaten your supply of, you know, raw materials or other goods that, that your company depends on or suddenly decide to steal your intellectual property and you have nothing, to, you know, no recourse for that. Or they could, again, decide to shut down their factory for either political or whatever reasons, that's a liability. That's a risk that American companies don't want to you know, tolerate when there's a market of alternatives available. Other countries, 
across the world, in Asia especially, but other countries across the world that, you know, aren't doing those things and are a little bit more stable and a little bit less corrupt. Okay, great. You know, why, why not? Why not seek out those alternatives? And or why not try to onshore that production too? You know, does it make sense given the technology that exists here and the the, the investment that you'd have to make and the level of uh, risk that you'd be reducing to to do that? And the policy barriers to that, I think that the, there's always this temptation. Like we did this with um, with the the computer chips thing, right? Like uh, was it Intel absolutely had the capacity and was able to uh, manufacture. Uh, chips here in the United States, they didn't for a number of reasons, but they could they could do it, and they they kind of started to see these same liabilities of like, hey, we're we're too dependent on on some of these sources of um, computer chips, and that's creating ripples throughout a whole bunch of industries. Again, you know, uh, consumer uh, goods like computers and and cars and uh, all, all sorts of stuff, right? Okay, so. They want to bring it in. Well, how, how does the government solve that? Not by making it easier for you know factories to, to get started. Of course, they solved it with massive subsidies when that's not at all what we what we need to do. It's like, oh, what, what, what's what's the only thing that we can do to solve this problem? All right, we'll we'll take other people's money and throw it at a well-connected company to be able to solve that problem. Even if I ultimately think it's a good thing, if there is you know, an existing base of like chip manufacturing in the United States because having uh, resilient supply lines from multiple different places, including from within the United States, is a good thing and a good policy goal for government to have. Like, why why the subsidies? They didn't, they, they had plenty of money. They had the resources. They had the demand to be able to do this thing. We didn't need to do that. Goes back to the same thing with, you know, with, with Kodak <laughs> looking at getting just a boatload of money for uh, manufacturing um, the, the chemical bases for uh, pharmaceutical products here. Like it, it wasn't, wasn't necessary. It didn't necessarily make sense for them to be the ones to do that. And, and we already do that in the United States. The other companies are already doing that. And it's not necessarily a bad thing to have some of those supplies coming from overseas and some of that coming from the U.S. and some of that coming from, you know, Europe, what, whatever, right? Like that's not necessarily a bad thing to have other options. When you try to – when your policy goal isn't uh, consumer good resiliency and uh, maintaining the, the free flow and access to goods and instead it's, it's uh, autarky, it's, it's trying to completely isolate yourselves – you end up with other risks again, and it's not just risks from something like this, where where there's a, a, a potential safety issue. It's it's also like a, a government issue, right? Like we saw that, you know, COVID lockdowns could happen and and, and cripple the economy in that way. You know, I, the, many people listening to this uh, show, you know, recognize how many supply chain issues originated because of government lockdown um, policies. That if you especially in the beginning of the pandemic, couldn't go to work, even if you came up with a plan to make sure that your employees stay safe. If you couldn't go and you couldn't produce those goods and the, and the other companies were dependent upon those, that creates massive ripples in the supply chain that have, are, still, are still having effects years later. And it's that, that short-sighted policy of government, okay, well, we're going to do this thing to keep people safe, but they, don't, they cannot understand the complexities that exist within the private market. And that's not a 
that's not just a, a calling politicians dumb thing. Like it's that it's that any individual I cannot fully understand the complexities of the markets. I, I recognize that it, that any individual industry has complexities and connections that are so far beyond my understanding that I would never assume. I would never have the hubris to assume that I can understand every facet of that thing. And so the best thing to do is to. You know, besides assuming a, a minimum level of, of, of safety for these products and, and liability for companies who are reckless with that safety, besides those things, is to let these companies be as free as possible to be able to, to make those connections, find those supplies, distribute their goods as appropriate because, because it's not possible for any individual to understand that across a wide variety of industries and often what ends up happening is that when you do get regulations in these areas you end up with regulatory capture and you end up with policies that end up making it harder for competition to emerge because it's too expensive to comply or or competition from overseas to be able to make sure that you have other opportunities to be able to have market alternatives for goods that we need goods like formula again I want to end with a point of, of empathy for the parents who are out there who are, you know, in a different position. You know, again, I, I, I'm still trying to, to get formula for my kid too, but you know, he's old enough where we can we can do a bit of uh, you know accelerated weaning. But for a lot of parents, it's not an option. And then, and 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 I hope anyone who is paying attention, who is is in the federal policy, who's thinking about this stuff, is thinking about how the Biden administration and Congress can fix these issues and make sure that they don't happen again. Think about what is actually causing this, what can relieve this, and don't just focus on cracking down on this one company. It's about how do we make sure that we have policies that allow for alternatives to exist, that allow for the market to thrive, that don't end up concentrating everything in one place at a single point of failure. Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. Uh, I'm going to be back next week. I'll be back on on Monday. Have a wonderful week and a wonderful weekend, folks. Take care.